This morning we're continuing our fall series, What Disciples Do. Each week we're exploring another aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. Today we turn to the prophet Jeremiah as he addresses exiled Israelites who are living in Babylon. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, beginning with the first verse. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not increase. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. A number of years ago, back in the throes of the Great Recession, I had the opportunity to have lunch with a man who was an investment manager. He had risen up in the ranks throughout his career and was, at that point, in charge of his firm. As his profession came up, I said, wow, it must be a really tough time to be in your field. He smiled at me and said, no. Actually, it's times like these that really energize me. He went on to say that anyone in a suit can make money when the markets are doing well. It's when it feels like the sky is falling, though, that I'm able to make a difference. In other words, what he is saying is that the difficult times in his profession were also the defining times. They gave him an opportunity to shine, to be helpful for his clients and colleagues, and like any calling, this is what energized him. I was reminded of this conversation as I was beginning to wrestle with Jeremiah this week. To understand him, we need to look at his context. Jeremiah was a prophet. He was someone called to speak God's word to the people. And Jeremiah was called to be a prophet in the midst of Israel's exile with Babylon. This was a dark time. And Jeremiah, as a prophet, was called to do rainy day theology pretty easy to do sunny day theology. To talk about where God is and what God wants us to do in the best of times doesn't seem to be too harrowing of a task. But to do rainy day theology, to bear witness, to name where God is and what God wants us to do in the midst of exile and trouble is tough. It's hard. But Jeremiah thrives under this pressure. He, like my friend, saw this rainy day as an opportunity to step up into his calling, to deliver God's word to the people. As I said, Israel at this point is in the midst of exile in Babylon. After destroying the temple and taking Jerusalem in 587, 586-ish BCE, Babylon took control of Israel, which meant that a number of Israelites were taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. They were forced to travel some 900 miles over months from the only land they knew and called home. 
At the same time, some also were allowed to stay in Israel, in Jerusalem, but they lived under Babylonian rule. Jeremiah is among those still in Jerusalem, and he's writing to people who are in Babylon. He's responding to news he's received, that some of the false prophets in Babylon are trying to get the Israelites to rise up in rebellion, to try to get and secure an early return home. But Jeremiah urges them in this letter that this is a false hope. He's called to proclaim God's word in this most trying time to people in despair without hope. And when the people do express hope, it's about someday. Certainly not now. Someday we'll get to go back to Israel. Someday our nation will be whole again. Someday we'll be back with our families and friends. But while they're busy thinking about someday, today in the meantime, the present moment, as difficult and as imperfect as it might be, this present moment is passing by them entirely. This concern is what the prophet addresses in our reading. Unlike the promises of Hananiah and some of the other false prophets, Jeremiah tells the exiled Israelites what they don't want to hear. Get comfortable. You're going to be here a while, 70 years to be precise. This uh, comes to no surprise is much longer than life expectancy in the ancient Near East. But in the meantime, God speaks through the prophet telling people to go on and live their lives. Build houses, plant gardens, get married, have and raise children. Exile is no excuse to stop living and enjoying your life. Jeremiah gives these exiles a reality check. He tells them to stop daydreaming and urges them to seek contentment and joy in their lives, here and now, even in exile. While we may not understand what it's like to live exiled from our homes and families, I think the bigger point Jeremiah is making speaks to us all. We all have a tendency to look ahead to the future saying, life will be better once. Life will be better once I graduate from school, once I get that promotion, when I can afford my dream car, dream home, you name it. We have a tendency to fantasize about a perfect life in the someday. And such fantasy puts us in a different kind of exile. The other day I saw this firsthand. I was at the store in the checkout line, and I overheard the older man working the cash register talk to the customer ahead of me. He said that he had to work three more years before he could retire. He said he had gladly skipped those years right now to get to that point. I believe this is an innocent joke, but I couldn't help believe that there was also some truth to those words. Such a mindset of skipping ahead is really a kind of exile, exiled from living in the present. And it's something we all do to some extent from time to time. When we do this, we're exiled from seeing that, in fact, there is a lot of joy and fulfillment right here in front of us, today, not someday. Life is lived in the now, not in some far-off distant future. Is it perfect? No, but is there really such a thing? 
If all we do is look ahead to someday or the next thing, we'll always want more. We'll always look ahead to the next thing after that, even while countless moments of sacred joy pass us by. Now, this doesn't mean that we are supposed to pretend that everything is all well and good when it's not. Nor does it mean that we're not allowed to get frustrated and upset when life does throw us a curveball. Throughout the Bible, we find faithful folks cry out to God, Why? How long, O Lord? Next week, actually, we'll be wrestling with the uh, story of Jacob wrestling with the angel of God. It's in lament and crying out, friends, that we can start to see where God is in the midst of such troubling times and circumstances. Instead, the question becomes, how can we find ways to practice contentment and gratitude in our lives? As Jeremiah would tell us, there is plenty of joy to be lived out now, even in exile, even when life seems unfair and difficult. It's in these discipleship practices that we can become fully alive for Christ and for others. So why is there plenty of joy to be lived out now? Because God is with us and cares for us, even in the Babylons of life. Our lection reading stops before this, but Jeremiah's letter to the exiles will move on in just a few verses to the beloved and well-known verse 11. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. The context gives this bumper sticker verse a much deeper meaning. When we remember that these words were spoken to people living in exile as they try to navigate life in the here and now. God promises that there is a plan, that there is hope. So Jeremiah urges the exiled Israelites to keep living their lives, trusting God's presence with them. But the picture isn't really complete until we get to this little line at the end that I just love. It says this, Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. To me, this brings our prophecy full circle. Do you know what that little word for welfare is in Hebrew in our, in our reading here? It's one of the few Hebrew words that most Christians know. It's shalom. We usually think about the word shalom as meaning peace, and it certainly does, but it could also mean well-being, security, good health. It's really a word for wholeness, which gives our verse a, a little stronger meaning. Jeremiah says to his exiled brothers and sisters to seek the shalom of the city, of Babylon, of the very people holding you in exile. Seek their well-being as well as yours, because it's in the city's shalom where you will find your own shalom. God, through Jeremiah, tells us that it's in seeking the well-being of our community where we'll find our own wholeness, our own well-being, our own shalom. We find joy and wholeness when we engage in making our community a better place, a safer place, a more loving place. Instead of dreaming of the someday, disciples dig in, here and now, to seek the well-being of our community, to find joy in where life's journey has brought us, giving thanks and praise to God through it all. 
The Reverend Bill Lee served as pastor of the Loudoun Avenue Christian Church in Roanoke, Virginia for 39 years before retiring just a few years back. He's a wonderful man who's committed to his community and uh, became a leading voice in Roanoke on civil rights and public health issues over the years. And just a few years ago was even named Citizen of the Year in Roanoke. He's well known for his, uh, also for his church's work in transforming the neighborhood in which it resides. I had the honor of, of meeting and hearing Reverend Lee speak at a seminar I attended a couple years ago. He talked about the tough work his church took on in transforming their neighborhood that had been plagued by crime and violence for decades. But here's what I'll always remember from his talk. Dr. Lee said that when his ministry began in Roanoke, the members of his church would spend hours lamenting, lamenting their neighborhood, remembering what it was like in its glory days before crime took over. His community felt powerless. In this time, though, his refrain to his congregation and community was this, you know, you don't have to move to live in a better neighborhood. You don't have to move in order to live in a better neighborhood. Can you hear Jeremiah? I know I can. Build houses, plant gardens, raise children, seek the welfare, shalom of the city where I've sent you. Not someday, but today. Find joy and happiness right here and now where you are. Work to make things better. God has put you here, now, today. So live, find joy, seek the shalom of where you live, because it's in this work, friends, that you will find your own wholeness, your own completeness, your own shalom. Disciples work to find joy and contentment and practice gratitude in their lives. As disciples, we're able to do this when we seek the well-being of where we are here and now. Disciples work to transform their communities, knowing full well that in this work, we're participating in Christ's redemption of our world. Friends, may we go and may we work to find shalom for our neighbors and our community, that all may know the life-changing love of God that is for us in Christ. Shalom. Amen.